I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central podcast brought to you today by Pinnacle and Dell Technologies. Now, I'm joined for this podcast by two experts in the world of server computing. And that's Pinnacle's Ricky Pereira and Peter van der Merwe. Ricky is the Dell Enterprise Product Manager at Pinnacle, and Peter works with Ricky closely as a pre-sales engineer. Ricky, Peter, welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast. How are you guys doing today? Oh, thank you, Duncan. It's, uh, it's doing very well today. How's it, Duncan? Great. How's it? Welcome, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Now, we're going to be getting a little bit technical today. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the new range of Dell EMC PowerEdge servers. Uh, these are Dell's, specifically Dell's 15th generation servers, as I understand it, and they bring big changes and upgrades to previous generation uh, services from Dell Technologies. And we're going to unpack this uh, new 15th generation PowerEdge uh, server platform uh, with Pinnacle today. I'm looking forward to learning more about these servers and what they can do. But first of all, Ricky, let me start with you. These, are, these uh, servers run both Intel and AMD chips. Uh, so traditional PC servers in various form factors. What's the target market here? So basically, it's across the board. So you can get it from the entry-level servers all the way up through to, to your high-end specialized servers that there's a requirement for the specific application that a customer is looking for. So we've got the, the range across the board. As I said, you've got the entry levels, we've got a tower option, got a rack option. You've got servers that are designed for machine learning and analytics that... Mm -hmm. Purely designed, got, it can take multiple graphics processing units to assist with doing those analytics and getting that machine learning and understanding those applications. But one of the things is as we start moving going forward, a lot more data is starting to be generated, as they call it, the edge. Dell also has some specialized service for those requirements as well. And when we're talking about moving in the edge, it's, we're getting things to the case of autonomous driving. So you're going to have to get a car that's busy driving and figuring out where it's going how does it do that? It's got to basically understand it and do the processing almost at a local level rather than, you know, sending it to this big, wonderful cloud that we all heard about, sending all that information to the cloud and then back again. By the time it's figured everything out, it's going to have crashed into something. So that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at. And, how to, and, and obviously the processes and all the rest of it has been designed to improve the performance of the Dell 15th generation service. So edge computing, mission critical, of course, if it comes to, to self-driving cars, for example. But uh, a lot of these servers, I presume, will also be going into data centers and also into um, on-premises on uh, sites for some of the big companies in South Africa. Correct. And the one benefit with actually moving into, the, like I said, moving into the data centers and things like that is yeah. these servers have been designed. Some of the key features of how they've been designed is actually improving the airflow within the server and, and making China, obviously trying to keep it cool. One benefit is that Intel's gone and increased the core counts within these servers. And one of the key new things that have actually introduced on the 15th generation servers is liquid cooling. Now, that was almost the premise of gaming machines and things like that. But now you've actually got high-end infrastructure and data set equipment that gets liquid cooled in order to keep this, the equipment cool. So you don't have to spend that much on air cons within the data center. I still remember the days of liquid-cooled mainframes, so it's kind of, we've kind of come full circle here, right? <laughs> but let's tackle the chips in, in this 15th generation of Dell PowerEdge servers. So it comes in Intel and AMD flavor, the Intel Xeon chips and the AMD Epic, are they called? AMD Epic? Yeah. the right name? Good. Yeah. Um, but I believe in the South African market in particular, it definitely skews towards Intel. Maybe just take us through what these new generation Intel and AMD chips are bringing to the table. 
basically the two things that the Intel chips are, are moving across is the it's the increase of the core counts and one of the benefits so the reason for the increase in the core counts is they're actually making the silicone a little bit smaller so where they've had like a silicone that was 10 nanometers they're now getting down to the seven nanometers so they can actually add more processes as such which is right. the cause right. into the same size microchip that they've been using all along so that's the technology that's a, that's basically AMD is pushing Intel into and Intel's pushing back. So in order to get that smaller silicone chip to yes. get more cores onto the CPU, therefore making it a little bit more processor heavier, making it easier to perform the calculations that servers need to do. So that's the one thing that this little war between Intel and AMD has been pushing. Right now, AMD is sort of almost at the forefront, so they've actually got a huge core count on some of their, their processors. Within their Epic range, they've got processors that can offer 64 cores, where Intel's are starting to get to that level, where they're getting to 52 right. cores within a single processor. So when you're looking at that type of technology, and especially nowadays when people are going more virtual within their environments, you can add more virtual servers for the same size server, you can add more virtual servers onto onto the environment, and you know grow your capacity exponentially via that. And um, and I presume, I mean, as these chip companies like Intel go to these more advanced manufacturing nodes, from ten millimeter to seven nanometer, for instance, it also brings power benefits as well, which is increasingly important, particularly in the South African context, where we've got to, we've got to make sure that we're using as little electricity as possible. But of course, there's costs involved and environmental impact too. So. I imagine we're also looking at power saving efficiencies with this latest generation of Intel chips. Correct. So obviously the you know the smaller the process becomes, the more energy efficient it becomes. And yep. then because it becomes a little bit energy efficient, as I said, with the increase of core counts, yes, there's you know the more cores start generating a little bit more heat, but with mm-hmm. new technology the new technologies, like I said, liquid cooling to add it to drop down the temperature when there's a server, mm-hmm. you can you can play around with it. One of the other things that Dell have improved on the 15th generation server is called multi-vector cooling. So they've redesigned the base unit within the server itself that the airflow from the front through to the back is actually channeled through the heat sinks, cooling down the processes almost from an ambient temperature. So you don't have to worry about making sure that you've got an ice-cold data center within your environment, therefore helping with that energy cost on keeping your aircons at a low temperature. Almost yeah. that, like uh, a room temperature type scenario, like 20, 23 degrees, you can actually keep that server cool because of the way it's been designed, the airflow between, from the front of the server to the back of the server and the way the fans pull that air across. So that also adds into the whole requirement of reducing the energy footprint that everyone's experiencing. And then obviously, like I said, within a South African context, we've got, we've got to worry about making sure that uh, <laughs> the server stays up. And when the power's off, most companies will probably have a generator running in a background as well yep. as yep. you know other UPSs and inverters. You've got to try and minimize the impact on that. So you don't utilize all your, bat- all your UPS batteries all in one go. The power consumption has to improve and going forward. And that's one of also the, the, the thing that Dull does going forward is to keep things in a sustainable fashion. Yep. And they're trying to make sure that they reduce their carbon footprint from the production of the server all the way through to the full life cycle of the server. Yeah, yeah. Memory and storage, Ricky, t- tell us a bit about uh, wh- wh- what's new there. So within the, the, the memory components, it's actually improved the amount of capacity that the memory can actually take. So again, with the improvement of the CPUs, 
between Intel and AMD, more memory can be added within the environment. And to help that is that on the 15-gen servers, they've actually increased the memory slot counts, especially on the dual socket servers. So you can actually add more memory. So it's almost that the, the process is now outstripping the memory capacity or the memory module capacity that you can actually put into the servers. So you can right. almost get each process can take up to four to six terabytes of, of memory per mm-hmm. processor. And, but the server doesn't have enough slots unless you start adding bigger and bigger memory modules. So yep. inadvertently, both uh, processor manufacturers are pushing the memory manufacturers to increase their capacity. So therefore, you start increasing the amount of memory that you can actually have on the, on the, on the servers. So that was also one of the benefits that Dell have thought about this. And so they've increased the number of slots within the 15th generation server in order to facilitate that. And then obviously also provide some future growth within the, the environment. Mm-hmm. So once you get to the larger memory modules, you've got extra capacity anyway. Yes. Yes. Okay. Great stuff. So there are advances in other areas as well, of course. I think one you mentioned to me in our pre-discussion was networking and foster connectivity through new network controllers. Take us through that. So on the Dell servers, on the 15 gen servers, right now, everything's sort of the standard is 10 gig. That used to be the one gig pre, you know, go back a couple yes. of years ago or quite a, quite a number of years ago, 10 gig was new, new on the block. Now oh. 10 gigs is standard. And 10 gigs almost getting pushed out to 25 gig is becoming the standard networking connectivity. And obviously how switches and networking are increasing exponentially, where now you're actually getting to switches that can provide 400 gig network connectivity per port. Mm-hmm. So the servers are catching up to that. So you're actually putting that into with, within the environment as well. So you can actually go and take your server and connect it up to a 400 gig switch or Vice versa, right. you can have a 400 gig switch connecting to four servers at 100 gig, therefore improving the connectivity between your core network to the server and then obviously the flow back again, reducing your latency and your lead time of getting the information to your applications, doing the processing and getting that, that information back to your, everyone's cloud. Which must be really important as more and more companies move to the cloud and a lot of their applications are moved off-premises into into cloud data centers, getting that latency down and the network speed up is absolutely critical, right? Correct. The latency should still be there if you move into the cloud because you still got to travel to to there. But once you're there, you need to get that information in and out as fast as possible. So in order to reduce the local latency to counteract the latency of moving that information into the cloud. So with the guys moving into a cloud data center or a hosted environment in that sense, the guys do need that internal transfer rate so they can get that information internally and then that that, that access sort of counteract the latency that the guys will experience getting through the cloud back down to their local machines. So yeah, so they're pushing the data center technology further in order to mitigate some of that uh, latency you will experience by moving your workloads into the cloud. But then again, if you keep it onto a private cloud, which is, you know, some of the technology that you are looking at, and that's sort of the next step that a lot of companies are doing. They're doing that hybrid cloud or actually multi-cloud type solutions is that they'll still have a cloud solution on-premise utilizing the 15th generation servers that almost do have that sort of design and functionality with built into it, especially with the lifecycle and managing the server itself. You can almost move that information into public cloud and then back again. So that becomes a bit more design intensive and the applications that you've got to be utilizing in order to move that data from one location to another. 
And of course, raid controllers play a big role there around storage, and I believe there have been some upgrades on that front too. Just take us through what the 15th Gen PowerEdge servers offer in that All regard, right. Ricky. So the raid controller has also been an upgrade. So as technology has been improving, they're basically getting that uh, internal transfer rate from your internal disk through the raid controller, making sure that the technology you know, keeps the rate in place. The way it actually writes the information across the disks they've been able to improve on the speed within the RAID controller itself and also improve the cache, the, what they call is the cache or the battery backup. So where the information is being written very quickly from the processor to the memory, your sort of gap or your roadblock is actually going to be your hard drives because they're not catching up, they're not keeping up to the speed. So the bigger the cache on your RAID controller, the more information you can store while it trickles it through to your to your hard drives. But yes, so... Yes, they're improving the throughput from the RAID controller to the, the, they're improving hard drives, and even though SSDs and things like that, they're trying to improve the information across. You're still going to have that sort of bottleneck between the processor and your hard drives to get that information across. And the other benefit is also you need to worry about your redundancy or your fault, your fault tolerance within your drives. And the newer RAID controllers are actually able to, to configure that in a much better system. I was interested in what you said earlier about uh, liquid cooling in these devices, because that's obviously, as you mentioned, something that you expect PC gamers to do. And certainly when you go to these uh, gaming expos, you see these, these amazing PCs that have been built with RGB colors everywhere and colored water flowing through over the motherboard and through the PC to keep it, the components cool. It's not something you normally associate with PC servers. I'm guessing we're not going to see RGB lights across data centers going forward, but... Um, but it's a similar sort of concept. I mean, are, you, are we actually going to see water flowing in data center racks going forward? So, yeah, I'd be surprised. I don't think it's too far off as guys starting to do RGB colors within the data center. <laughs> so that might happen. <laughs> it would make them look more interesting for sure. <laughs> like you say, okay, that red rack or it's not the green one. <laughs> guys can figure exactly, out that way. Yeah. Um, but no, so, so the technology is there. So the way that basically the system works is that the, the heat sinks are now plugged in with an actual uh, water cooler that, uh, with a couple of pipes. Those pipes are fed, right. are fed through, the, through the server. Um, they're quite robust and, and quite tough. They're through, fed through the server and out into the rack unit uh, within the data center. And then that rack unit's actually plugged into a recycling sort of almost radiator. Like, think of it like a car radiator. Very similar type to, mm-hmm. to technologies where that radiator sits closer to the, let's say, closer to the air con. So let's get air flowing through it cooling down the water and it's basically just passing that cool water over the process and taking the hot water, as I say, back out through the radiator and so on and so forth. So the, the, yeah. the, the technology is very similar to the normal car radiator where you've got a fan basically putting it in, water going in, cooling the, cooling the engine coming, and coming back out. So it's the same sort of uh, theory. Also, the, you know, it's not just normal water. It's also that sort of cooled, liquid cool type water that you can right. put into your radiator. So that's how the system will work. So yes, you do need to sort of put that radiator, that functionality within your rack and within your data center. But mm. as you know, as you start looking at trying to reduce the cost within your normal data center, that's something that guys can look at. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully it have an impact on your need to run other forms of cooling, such as air conditioning in large data centers as well. Correct. Right, so I believe that this 15th gen also offers some advances in the automation of configurations, making these servers easier 
to deploy. Am I throwing the rugby ball your way yet, Peter, or is this another one for Ricky? Yeah, carry on. Ricky's on the roll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all yours, Ricky. So, so, yes, so when you're looking at the management of the server and things like that, Dell have improved the way, as I call it, the life cycle management of the server. So from boot up all the way through to decommissioning. Mm-hmm. So they've actually had one of the best tools that we do, that Dell do have, um, other vendors have their own, but it's the IDRAC. So it's the, the Dell Remote Access Controller Unit. That's almost like a separate PC that sits on your server motherboard that's used just to monitor and view how your server is operating and to the point where it actually you can play around with it and see where you can almost do what they call a zero-touch implementation. So... Yes, you still need someone to go physically into the data center or the location, do the racking and stacking, plug in the power supply, and then plug in the network cable into the iDRAC, and as well as the server proper. Once that's done, you can log into the iDRAC and basically as if you were standing next to the server with a little trolley with the VGA port plugged into the VGA port of the keyboard and mouse, you can do all that administration remotely. And over and above that is that then you can actually also deploy the server remotely so you don't need someone physically on site sitting in the middle of a data center till who knows what hours someone can actually go do this from home and obviously with the last couple of years we've had to do a lot of work from home type scenario so that's that that's sort of the the focus that the guys have been uh, and putting the benefits and one of the other things with because of the idrax scenario dell have also got this solution called support assist in essence, what this does is it's sort of a phone home feature. So you can configure your iDRAC in order to do that, and you can pick and the server will get monitored 24-7. If this system basically picks up that, just a quick example, there's a, a, um, a smart error on one of the hard drives, can pick up that that drive is going to yeah. fail sometime in the near future. That will automatically log a call with Dell. Dell Tech Support will then come down and resolve it. And then, uh, like I said, that's okay. something that we can actually look at. And you, like I said, back to the iDRAC, is that at the iDRAC, you can take the whole server all the, way, all the way to a point where you can actually decommission the server. So you can actually wipe the operating system, you can wipe all the, all the, the configuration information, and there's a little button that says decommission the server, and it'll actually put every, wipe everything, including the iDRAC and the licenses behind that, making that server mm-hmm. completely dead. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I just, I mean, uh, if you're deploying one or two servers, it's not really an issue. But if you're an administrator who has to deploy a hundred servers, it's going to save you a huge amount of time. And, and it also helps with, uh, you know, the multinational companies. So the guys will be shipping servers all over the place, and then they've got specific yep. teams that actually go in, and all specific applications that the guys need to do. So it's a great tool to actually log into the server and then, you know, do their application. If they need to reboot the server, you don't have to worry about, oh, you know. Uh, I have been in, been in that experience where I've gone and you, you're busy clicking and you're going, you, you're supposed to be look, clicking on log out, but you ultimately click on yep. shut down <laughs> and the server shuts down. <laughs> A couple of us have experienced that. So, you know, just too, too, too quick to click, should I say. And with using iTrack, <laughs> if that does happen, you can at least get back into the server. Right, right, right. Okay. Peter, before we come to you, I just want to have one last question for, for Ricky, and it's around security. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
uh, uh, interesting to to read about UEFI Secure Boot. It's something I didn't really understand until Windows 11 came out uh, not so long ago, and uh, my my PC had to have a BIOS update. And I learned all about why Windows and Microsoft were enforcing UEFI Secure Boot on Windows 11 computers, and why this is supposedly improved security, etc. But this UEFI it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Yeah. Secure Boot. <laughs> Uh, is uh, <laughs> is um, one element of many elements that um, Dell is offering in its new PowerEdge service from a security perspective. Do you want to take us through some of the other ones like Trusted BIOS, Firmware Chain of Trust, Verified OS Bootloader, etc.? So, you know, this, the, when you're looking at uh, security, the, the, the one benefit of you, the, from that Dell, Dell technology you do offer it's called intrinsic security. So they build it from the start, from the ground up. It's not a built-on, right. uh, as in when they, 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 something is needed. They make sure that whatever they put into the server from the start, they actually put security in it. They ensure that the supply chain is not tampered with. Once they actually get to the actual hardware within the server itself, yes, they've got multiple things, like the TPM chip. One of the things is that now, with Windows 2022, you're going to need that uh, trusted platform management uh, chip in order to secure your, your environment. The, the other thing that that also does is to ensure that the traffic between your processor and your memory and your hard drives is all encrypted within an internal perspective. Yeah. So it doesn't allow a hacker to, you know, as I said, although Dell's trying to make it easier to administer the server remotely, that also... You know, in theory, it also opens up the ability for someone to actually access the server in, to do some malicious intent. Mm-hmm. But if everything's secured up front and yep. everything's encrypted, it's going to be a lot more difficult to pull that yes. sort of information out of the server. Yeah. So the other yep. things that also within the server is that you can actually get uh, encrypted hard drives. And then the RAID controller is able to, to utilize those encrypted hard drives to, so someone can't just pull out a hard drive and go read the data. That secures the information. But within, mm-hmm. back into the other question, another point within the Dell RAID controller, it's able to raid those encrypted drives and make, make sure that the, the information across, across is shared across those drives. So you, don't, uh, so you get that redundancy available. So if a drive does fail, you can plug in another encrypted drive and it will rebuild that drive. Where in the old days, if you fail, if you lost an encrypted drive, it became a, <laughs> it was more like, okay, let's replace everything, rebuild the RAID, and then restore yeah. from backup. So it became a little bit, the, 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 the technology helps a little bit better. And they, although they're yeah. securing everything and making sure it's harder to, to get, gain access, uh, vice versa, they're also trying to make sure it's easier to administer in the long run. Understood. Understood. TPM, trusted. Computing trusted platform module. module. <laughs> trusted plat TPM trusted platform module. Yeah, that's what I had to enable for Windows. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I had to enable anyway to get Windows 11 to install. Otherwise, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, it was uh, quite 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 a learning curve trying to figure out how to do that in my BIOS settings. But yeah, very interesting on on in terms of the security uh, around these things, particularly around uh, making sure the product isn't being tampered with from the factory, which I, I guess is. Uh, worry for many companies these days, given all corporate espionage and uh, the stuff that's Correct. going on. Right, Peter, are you ready? Yeah, um, I'm going to give you carte blanche now to talk in broad terms about the support and services that Dell offers to their customers around these servers and, and more broadly, of course. Okay, so what I personally have had some experience working with some other vendors, and one thing that puts Dell leaps and bounds ahead of any other competition is the support that they sell. A lot of other vendors use third-party companies to 
manage their um, support services. And the issue with that is your level of support will vary in your region or, or who the company is that they are using. With Dow, however, everything is run by, how can I say, is controlled by Dow. So they've got their own engineers, their own guys that do implementation, that kind of thing. And the level of support that you get from them is spec when you buy the machines. It goes from basic, you've got basic, it's then pro support and pro support plus. And as the value increases throughout these levels, the support level does as well. Basic hardware support is normally just next business day support that most companies offer. Then you've got pro support. Pro support is you can go up to mission critical, which would be you'll get a result within four hours. And then your pro support plus, you can even spec different applications and that kind of things that will also be supported. So if you've got, for example, Microsoft running on, on, on your server and you've got an issue with Microsoft, you can have that be part of your support package. The same thing that Ricky was discussing earlier about the remote management that Dow offers. With the deployment, you can spec deployment up until the point where that management module can take over. So you never have to see the server. You can literally have it installed in your rack and you can set it up to the point where you can take over from there and just configure it from there with iRack. So, Interesting. So forget software as a service. This is servers as a service, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. So, Ricky, I guess I, the ball back to Ricky. I wanted to ask you about why companies should consider buying Dell PowerEdge servers over... There's lots of competition out there. Um, why, why buy Dell over something? Well, like uh, Peter alluded to is, yeah, there's a lot of competition and everyone sort of, you know, the insides of the server is relatively the same. They're all running off mm-hmm. Intel chips. They've all got uh, running off memory. Yeah. They've all got hard drives. So the insides are still pretty much the same. The benefit from going with a Dell, te- uh, Dell technology solution is the after-sales service, as Peter mentioned. It's, they're, right. they're, that's almost on a par bar none. So no one's really got the same sort of service levels across the board with any of the other OEM vendors. They might try, but <laughs> I think the practice from a Dell technology perspective is top-notch. Over and above that is also the technology that the Dell is putting into their servers. It's slightly different. Like I said, it's the technology they put into the RAID controllers. It's that multi-vector cooling sure. to try to reduce the ambient temperature within the server itself. The using of the power supplies and trying to reduce the, the, the power usage within the server itself. So there's a lot of little tricks that they're busy adding to that in order to make that server perform better and, and you know, add more bang to your to to the customer's buck you know so they, they want to make sure that they put whatever they buy they buy sort of up front and that's also the benefit that they'll do is they give you a clear price up front so they'll say okay if you go buying a server you want mission critical support for three years here's your cost it's not a here's the server cost oh you want support with it here's an additional cost here's an additional line item here's an additional line item and so on and so forth we suddenly Yes, the server might have been cheaper, but after after the long run and adding all those other services, it becomes a little bit more expensive. <laughs> and so, sure. so that's one of the things that Dell do is like it's a clear price up front. And they've also got other technologies and things like that that you can look at. And one of the other benefits is looking at the Dell partner program. So within their partner base, there's a lot of things that the guys can actually utilize, like the future-proof program. That the that, that's something that Dell Dell offer. A lot of people need to understand that, but like I said, it's clear price. There's certain guarantees that they offer within the environment, but as long as it's 
claimed up front, mm-hmm. should I say. Okay. All right. Great. So I think we'll wrap it there, gents. If, if anyone wants to know any more, I mean, you, you, you're, as Pinnacle, as a distributor, you work through a, a network of resellers and agents, right? Uh, if anyone wants to, to learn more about Dell PowerEdge servers and, and how they can get them for their businesses, or if you're a reseller, what's, what's the best way of reaching, reaching the team at Pinnacle? Not a problem. So, so the, the, the quickest way for most of the resellers is obviously to speak to their direct account manager. But if they don't, uh, like I said, if they want more of a direct path, they're happy to contact myself or Peter on an email address called dellsolutions at pinnacle.co.za. Um, you can probably pop that up on, <laughs> on the webcast. Um, so they're happy to, to contact us directly on that. And then we can have the discussion and, uh, and ask them what, uh, you know, there's, there's certain questions when you're asking to build a solution. And we can have the engagement and also give them a little bit more information of what they, you know, any questions that they might have. Um, yeah. Might have, yeah. Great. That, that email address is dellsolutions at Correct. right? Excellent. Well, Ricky Pereira is Dell Enterprise Product Manager and Peter Fandamerov is Pre-Sales Engineer, both at Pinnacle. Um, thanks so much for the informative discussion. Cool. Thank you, Duncan.